Uh, we did get the uh, the new home away opponents for Clemson basketball next year. Yes, we did. It is a, I, I agree, it is a very favorable schedule that the Tigers have at the moment. And um, my at first glance, I really thought, because the women the women got theirs yesterday too, at first glance, I thought these these are these are pretty good for both. By the way, pulling in a parking lot is the overwhelming favorite. Text line, y'all the worst, y'all the worst people. I, there's a chance I'm not kidding you. There's a chance I get to the parking lot and have to sit there and sort of wait on the bus, and the bus just never shows. <laughs> there's a chance that I get in the parking lot and I'm the only car. Just go straight to your hotel. Are oh, you, I, oh, I will. I, okay. I will. I will. But I, yeah. I um because I'm gonna beat the bus to the ballpark is what I'm saying. I'm gonna beat oh, the bus yeah, yeah. and then they just are waiting, 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 whatever. <sighs> yep, some of y'all some of y'all are the worst. Um the uh Yeah, the do you have the home do you have the home road? I, I do. Okay. So here are the these are conference home and away designations for basketball for next season. Um, I'll preface all this by saying I like everything about this. Your home games next year, California, that's right, Cal, in your conference next year, uh, Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Stanford, Syracuse, Wake Forest. So that was Cal, and, and this is home without a return trip. Right. That means... You're not going to Duke or North Carolina next year. You're not going to Wake Forest next year. You're not going to Syracuse next year. Not having to go to the West Coast next year, to Stanford or Cal. Again, that was Cal, Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Stanford, Syracuse, Wake Forest. Home and away, so the answer's in the name there. They're coming to you. You're also going to them. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. It wouldn't be right if you didn't have a home and away with Georgia Tech and That's Florida right. State. And might as well throw in Virginia Tech there, I'm, too. I'm so. okay with those three. Those are those make sense, and they're decent. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, so that's – I mean, you think about marquee-type names coming to your building. That's a That's a really good home schedule, in my opinion. Yes, and then your away games next year, Boston College, kind of down. Louisville, way down. That that may be interesting depending on who they hire. Right. How much money right. they're willing to spend on a buyout and a new head coach. By Miami, who's going to lose? Who's down and going to lose a couple players? And I would be on the Larinaga watch if I was you right now. Uh, you got to go to NC State. That building's been really good to you, uh, Pitt. You beat tw- you've pit beat Pitt twelve times in a row. SMU never been there. That'd be fun. And then you got to play at Virginia. You know, playing at Virginia is not ever fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, really though, in on your away games, there's one of those that may, would make me nervous. I was going to say Virginia. One of, only one of those spots would you say you know you're going to be an underdog and probably not expected to win. Uh huh. Now you know next there's a whole a whole lot of questions about Clemson basketball next year in terms of roster. Uh, 
So, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But in, in terms of just the buildings you're going to, the teams that you're playing, the the history with those teams, Quark, I, I probably couldn't draw it up any better than this. No, it's 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 pretty good. Um, like you say, missing – and especially because you're looking at next year's roster and you're – you're you're losing PJ Hall and you're losing Joe Girard, and so you're trying to figure out those those two pieces how to replace them, and then you don't know what else roster upheaval. Um, the fact that and, and some of the I mean, there's going to be roster Jack, changes somewhere else. Jack Clark, Jack Clark yeah. also Jack Clark. That's right, and maybe Chase Hunter. We don't we don't actually know if Chase going to use his. He has another year that he can use, and he's he said he's undecided about whether to do that. At least um, that's as, as far as we know publicly. Right, and I don't know any more about that either. But if I had to guess right now, I think Chase is actually, would actually come back. I think he might too. Because especially with in the NIL arena now, where you can still make he can still make a living. Uh, I mean he's he's an overseas basketball guy, one would think, but he has a a newborn child that he li- that lives with him now. And, you know, that's way, weighing the pros and cons of that. I'm guessing he's not taking a, a uh, significant other and child overseas. That's a really good point. You want to, yeah, you want to keep that. You want to keep that, uh, keep that consistency as much as possible there. Um, and can I, can I also say this? I, I think. I've heard a lot of this chit-chat about next year. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on, about next year because because this season's very good and looking ahead is just a recipe for, you know, it, it's a recipe for a headache is what it is. Well, in, in every sport, I freak out yeah. about next year. Basketball, football, baseball, it's it's way too easy to focus on the guys you're losing. With, with Hall and Gerard and Clark, you've got, and I hate to think about it like this, some people are going to cringe when I say this. You've got some money coming off the books that you're going to be able to invest in the people that you have to keep them or in getting new talent in. I think there's this idea that when when PJ and Gerard and Clark leave that you're just going to fall off a cliff and it's back to whatever. That is, I don't think that is a correct read of where Clemson stands in the marketplace at the moment. You, you've got from a from a shooting standpoint, you've got several good shooters on your roster your, right now. Your that two are best shooters are on your bench right now. Hurt. That's right. Uh, Hyde Breeder and do we are, are we thinking that? Let's assume for a moment Hemingway wants to come back, which he, I think he's kind of said that. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I don't. I wouldn't be. I. I. Have, I don't know that that's been decided. I think that's his desire, but regard. Um, He's also a guy. It's been hard to count on him because of injury. So whether he comes back or not, you know, is he healthy for a whole year? Hyde Breeder can shoot the lights out. Uh, Asa Thomas is, you know, he's going to be young, but you've got him coming in. Your recruiting class, actually, the three guys, I think it's three guys you're bringing in, are all pretty solid. Slim uh, Thomas, Greg, very good. Greg Butner's son, Ace, he's going to be the underrated one. Yes. That's going to surprise people. Uh, and Brad Brownell's done very well in the transfer market. He has. I mean, even before even before transfer portal, he's done. he did really well with that. It, for the mean, mo- it's been around in basketball a long time. Yes, and they do a good job with both quality and fit. 
So you don't have to worry about that. There have been very few times where you think that guy's miscast yeah. here. Let me. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't want to talk much about next year, but now it's kind of got me thinking. The fact that he was able to land a high-profile guy like Joe Girard, and then he took uh, basically a bench player at NC State and has turned him into a lockdown defender who is starting – and people are noticing those two guys, doesn't that perhaps help them further in the transfer market in years to come? I think so. The fact that they are very competitive with NIL, like, I, I as, as much as we say it, I don't think people understand how how competitive they are. with. Like, there's some guys they're not going to pay for. Like, um, there's a, like, Creighton is very competitive in NIL more than people think. And that, like, Clemson was not going to pay for a couple of them. I know that for a fact. There were a couple guys that, like, there was some conversation, but they they were not going to pay what it was going to cost. Um, but to me, uh, yeah, it helps that you have guys having success. I, I do think that one of the things that we can't quantify right now, with Ed, we're coming to you in just a second. Uh, one of the things that we can't quantify right now is the value of P.J. Hall as a recruiter both at his talent level, you're playing with PJ Hall, and his um like the the personality impact that he has in drawing guys in. And yeah, just the culture part of it. That's yeah. what I'm not sure about. How do you, it, how do you replace that? Cuz they did do a good job with Gerard and they did do a good job with Clark and they've done a good job with guys in the past, but what role like how important was PJ in that? I'm not sure that we quite know how to measure that yeah and i would also just point out that you like i I don't mean this in in any sort of negative towards hunter tyson but a hunter tyson role is easier to replace than a pj hall role there's more there's more guys on the market available to you each year that fit that position than does fit what is going to be vacated by PJ. Agreed. Uh, let's go to Ed, who's up with us next. Ed, what's up? Hey, not a whole lot. I want to ask a question and then follow it up with my uh, commentary. This game at Notre Dame tomorrow, is that going to be a quad two opponent? I believe it's a quad two. Let me let me double check. Bracketologist.com has a great breakdown of the future games. That's right. I have another website. Uh, we learn a new one every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. Notre Dame is a quad two. Yes. Okay. Best case scenario, you know, in order to hold our uh, – Whatever. I, I lose track of what our ranking numbers were—twenty-three or something and something. You know, if we go up there, don't we need to beat these guys badly to move up? Um, maybe not necessarily. Not in this game. Not for a quad two. Now, I I would point out that uh that Notre Dame is. Only slightly a quad two because the cutoff for a road game is 135, and today in the net they are 135. So it's possible that if you beat them, they go to a quad three. 
Um, and if you lose to them, they're probably going to go to a more significant quad two, so that's not going to hurt you. To the point about margin, I think margin really only matters for the efficiency piece, and the weighted efficiency piece only needs you to sort of flood the zone with a big score against the worst of the worst teams. If you go and beat Notre Dame by a decent amount, I would say 8 to 12 points, that's going to be considered a, a pretty solid win by the metrics. Well, and uh, this is my fandom coming out. If these guys can win the rest of their games, and I think I've mentioned this, get a double by in the tournament, you know, God forbid we win it, but even if we were to be runner-up, um, maybe we could get as high as a three seed. I mean, I think a four still in play, but especially if we win the tournament, get a three seed, Please don't put us wherever Connecticut is. And uh, any thoughts, go off about that, I'll take off there. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate the phone call. You do the same. Can I just point out, I mean, you always want to move up if you can. The good thing is I, you don't really have to worry about your net ranking right now. No. Uh, you know, you, it's not like you need to move up. No, that's, that's right. Um, I'm trying to see... Some of the issue with the Big 12, let me let me see this. Some of the issue with the Big 12 that we've seen is related to the fact that the predictive metrics are much more bullish on them than like the RPI part of the of the metrics. Clemson right now is doing well in both. To your point, Ben. So it's not like they're uh like if you if you lose in a significant way that you're you're going to be dragged way way down. Um, that's 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 not where this is. Uh, Clemson is 17 in the old RPI formula and 23 right now in the net rankings. So you don't have to worry about your um, you know one or the other out outweighing. And so if that comes down, then your your ranking kind of falls apart. You you're pretty solid across the board. Like Clemson, I know it sounds crazy on March the first. I know it sounds crazy. Clemson is in good shape everywhere. And Notre Dame, I mean, as, as weird as this sounds, at the moment, Notre Dame is the middle of your three remaining games. Syracuse at home is actually a quad three coming up on uh, Tuesday. And Wake Forest is a quad one. It's an easy quad one coming are, up next weekend. Are you sh- are you sure about that with Syracuse? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, because it's home. Yeah, it's because it's, it's at home. Yep. Yeah, like I say, Warren Nolan, I used to kind of have to guess on these. Bracketologist.com, if you I, I know I'm uh I'm making him a lot of money in uh ads right now. Um bracketologist.com has the ability to click on a team's uh sheet, like the overall sheet, um and it breaks down every game. It's color coded. It breaks down every game as a quad one, quad two, or quad three, both in the schedule view and the team sheet view. As, as it is right now, instead of making you guess. That's why I use it for projecting stuff. So, there we go. Uh, text from the 864 asks this question. Uh, if, we, if we win the rest of our games, wouldn't we be national champions? I mean, yeah, kind of, if you win the rest of your games. I mean, Ed was saying the last three, but good, uh, good point, Texter. Uh, Texter also says, can you go over the best and worst case scenarios over the next three games? Yeah, best case scenario is 3-0. You could lose all three of these. I think, think about how hard it was to beat Syracuse in their building. I think Syracuse is a dangerous team. They're a spurt team. 
They give up points, but they can score in a hurry. They've got tough shot makers. Richmond and Mintz are very good players. They got the shooter, number four, that stands out there and chucks it. A weird-looking manner. Uh, that made like, what did he make, like eight threes in the first half of the NC State game? Something like that. I, it was ridiculous. Unbelievable. So, you've got to show up for the Syracuse game, but Syracuse is not as good as Pitt. That no, you just beat. No, they are not. They're more. They're more in. Florida State is more their peer this year. Honestly, when I watch Syracuse, I do. I do think of NC State, which does concern me a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think they're a little bit similar. NC State's probably a little better defensively, and Syracuse, I think, a little more potent on offense. Yeah, but Syracuse doesn't scare you inside, though. That's that is the one thing. Yes, NC State does uh, for sure. God, DJ Burns, unbelievable. Um, all right, uh, stay with us. We got more to come. Hour two of the program continues. Six five four roar. You want to get in? Only two more segments to do it because we're still playing baseball today. We'll continue on right after this. You're gonna feel a puff of air. Jong's Optometry okay. has set their sights on staffing up. Try the next line. Hey Kim, can you tell our two o'clock we're running fifteen behind? Sorry, we're a bit backed up today. He needs an optometric technician to keep an eye on it all. Where are the dilation drops? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph A's Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here, letting you know if you want to stay on time during the regular and postseason, Ralph A's Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph A's Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph A's Toyota. Here with Morgan Coleman, real estate professional extraordinaire in the upstate. Morgan, perhaps the most important question you can answer for a client, how will you best represent your clients as a real estate professional? Being a former Clemson athlete has given me the tools that I have easily transferred into my professional career. I have a team first mentality and create a team with my clients along with the other individuals involved with the transaction, such as the lender or any other vendors. Not to mention, I'm able to tap into my competitive side Yes, I am your real estate professional giving you guidance throughout the buying and selling process, but I always want my clients to feel welcome to voice their questions, thoughts, and opinions. My job is not done once we get under contract. There are many other steps necessary to successfully reach the closing table on time. I'll be your best advocate and would love the opportunity to assist you with your buying or selling needs. Thanks, Morgan. If you want to team up with Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates Sotheby's International Realty, give her a call at 864-313-7639. The Bojangles back at Bojangles, a crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, knocking down topics like bowling pins. Straight down the middle. No hook, no spin, no fuss. Anything more and this becomes figure skating. We are The Roar. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, uh, still awaiting uh, awaiting word on baseball this weekend. Um, if we don't get word in the next thirty five minutes, we're done at two. If we do, there's an optional. There's a third hour option that will automatically exercise in the contract for today. <laughs> um, I'm on a franchise tag, <laughs> William Quaggenbush. <laughs> By the way, we haven't even talked about T. Higgins getting franchise tagged by the Bengals. I like that move. I think it's good for T. I think it's good for the Bengals because he obviously wants to be there, but he also wants to get paid. And quite frankly, I don't understand people turning their nose up at the franchise tag. I know it's only a one-year deal, but uh, y'all get paid. If I'm a wide receiver, I think I like that Uh huh. because I'm getting paid. I don't have to fight for it. You know, speaking of football, every every day – Every day, something happens with college football now that makes me want to punch a baby. <laughs> I just, I just, I hate it all. I hate it all. What is new in the world of college football today, Quag? Well, this, this segment brought to you by... <laughs> Don't punch a baby. Um, Ben, I, can we start with the two-minute warning? Why does college football need a two-minute warning? Well, I can tell you, there there are three changes that are going to be approved as uh, changes, or or are or are approved. Uh, it's a formality if they haven't been. One is they are adding a two-minute warning at the end of the second quarter and the end of the game, end of the fourth quarter. Um. You know, this goes against everything that they've been telling us, Quok. We gotta speed up games. We gotta we got we can't stop the clock for all the things that we've always stopped the clock for until we're within the last two minutes of a game because that matters more. We will treat the last two minutes like a real game. The others we will treat like a an exercise to see how quickly we can get through this. Is that not what most of the rule changes have? Pointed to that's what it's communicated. Yes. Now we are going to add 
I, I'm sure we're going to still be told how long games have to be shortened and how upset people are with that, although I don't know who those people are. Um, but now we're going to add two more timeouts to the game. Now, keep in mind, coaches still get – teams still get all the timeouts they normally get, all the stoppages in play. And while it has not been addressed yet, I guarantee you that they are. this will be an additional television timeout. In other words, you, you normally have – you normally have seven. You normally have eight in a half of football in college. You have eight, eight timeouts, eight breaks, TV breaks, including the one at the end of the first quarter, uh, including the one that takes you to halftime. So you you've got eight breaks. That's going to go to nine. So those other breaks are not going to be shortened. You know. Um, you're going to have you're going to have nine TV timeouts now instead of eight, and that's going to frustrate fans. But at least we have a, at least we have a two minute warning that I've not heard anybody even ask for. Maybe they have, and I haven't heard it. This is what um, this is this is interesting. This is what uh, Nicole Auerbach actually just saw. The, oh, I lost it. Dadgummit. Uh, this this was the like the the coordinator of officials, uh, Steve Sloan, I think is who it is. Basically said it would like it would essentially, uh, it would make it more. I mean, it would make it easier. God, I wish I could find it now. It, it would make it easier for everybody to know this is where the new timing rules kick in. So I mean, I kind of see that. Although you could because just it's so hard to look at the clock and say, right. "Well, it's under two minutes." Now we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. Well, then why is there a one-minute warning in college basketball? Because they figure it out at one hundred and one. You don't stop the clock at fifty-nine point nine. You stop the clock. That's what it is. If only we, we had gigantic scoreboards in stadiums nowadays. <laughs> if only. the The other thing that they said is it would avoid a back-to-back media timeout situation. Where because you put it at the end, you wouldn't have like a score after a long, long drive where you might have missed a window. You don't have a score and then a timeout and then a kickoff and a timeout. They're trying to avoid that. Now I think that's stupid. I think you just decide you're going to avoid that. You could you could put other rules in place to avoid that. You don't need a two minute warning. Here's what I don't like about this, and this is this is God. This is what burns me up. Remember last year when they took away plays and they told us. You're going to get roughly the same amount of football. It's three plays, but hey, we're going to fit in those windows, man. And we know you said that you wanted the games to be shorter, and so we're giving you that, and you're really just not even going to notice. And you know what? I, I don't think we did notice. I think commercials seemed longer last year. I think in particular people complain about bowl games because there are longer commercial breaks in bowl games. Postseason games have longer; they have longer halftime and longer breaks. I believe that's right. Is that right? Am I am I right about that? Say that again. Like bowl games, postseason games have longer commercial breaks and and halftime it, is a little bit longer. Uh, it, it's game to game. Okay. Like uh, Clemson's halftime was the same was was still twenty minutes, but the uh, like the playoff games were longer. Okay, so I feel like that complaint comes during the playoffs where they're like, man, it feels like it feels like more timeouts and stuff, and then you know maybe there are. 
But listen to what they just did. They, don't think don't think about don't, don't let them convince you. Don't let the man convince you that they just added a 2-minute warning and they've changed the rules from last year. Look what they've done from the rules from 2 years ago. The game is the same length now with fewer plays and more commercials. Which is exactly what yours truly told you was about to happen last year. I mean, they they will convince you. I'm, I'm dead serious about it. They will convince you to look at this as a change from last year to this year. Don't do that. Look at what they told you between the 22 season and the 23 season. Look what they told you between 22 and 23. Where they're doing this for your benefit to shorten the game window so that there aren't, there's not as much overlap and they're going to make it neat and tidy and do all this. Now, look what they've done. They have taken a game from 2022. They have roughly made it the same length, except they've replaced three plays with, with one commercial break or two commercial breaks. Four plays, five plays, six plays, whatever it is per game. They've replaced those plays with commercial breaks. That is a travesty. That is a sham. That is a shame for the fans. And it's going to be framed in a certain way, and I'm telling you right now, don't let them do it. Don't let them convince you to frame this and look at it from, well, this is what this did, and from 23 to 24, uh uh-uh. We know what it did from 22 to 24. We know exactly what it did. This is a slap in the face to you, and it's a slap in the face to players, and it's a slap in the face to everybody that's not an administrator or a broadcast executive. And see, they had to, they had to do this in stages, or otherwise we'd have figured it'd have been way too obvious. I uh, hate conspiracy theories about my, this because I don't think people are that smart, but this feels like a conspiracy. Yeah, it, I mean it is, and my position on this is will remain consistent. I do not mind at all commercials and people making money it is a necessary evil in order to pay for the television contracts and all that you know you know all the reasons you have to have them and i understand that so i don't have a problem with that what i have a problem with is just lying to me about it trying to convince me that this is for the betterment of the game when it's not for the betterment of the game it's for the betterment of the advertisers that's what the deal was last year. That's what this is about. How? What can we tell people to put to get them off the scent of why we really need to do this? Let's tell them it's so it's because you're not smart enough to figure in figure out when the new rules kick in. They think you're too stupid to figure out what they're doing. They do. They think you're too dumb. You know. You know it's bad. You know this is an absolute disaster when Ben Milstead and Dan Walken are united on this. Shut your mouth. United. Shut your mouth. This is what Dan Walken tweeted. I changed tweeted. my position. <laughs> this is what he tweeted two hours ago. He said they really just did a whole thing last year to make the games faster. Now they had a two-minute warning timeout. A sport where the left hand truly doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And that's fair. That's a, that's a little less conspiratorial and more just like, look at these buffoons. They don't actually know if they want shorter games or longer games. They're just doing this as they go along. They don't know. And this is, this is one of the issues. This is one of the issues with the playoff format. This is one of the issues with rules changes. This is one of the issues with, with penalties. This is one of the issues that nobody, 
in college athletics knows what we want any of the games to look like. Nobody knows. what They don't have a vision that they're trying to bring about. This is what we want a football game to look like. They are just playing whack-a-mole with problems. The games are too long. Whack-a-mole. We fix it. However we think we can fix it. Well, now sometimes we got breaks that are too close together and people didn't like that. Whack-a-mole. We'll just make a two-minute warning and build in a break. And, but we know, we know that that doesn't always work because, it, because the NFL has two-minute warning and they still have that issue sometimes. Yes, they do. You can't predict game flow. It is, it is one of the most transparently idiotic things that you could possibly imagine them doing. Now, I will I will be honest, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I am not like wholly opposed to a two-minute warning. I think it is, I think it works, and I think it will be one of the silliest things we do in college football. Can you imagine? It's 48-3, to Clemson playing the Citadel or something. It's 48-3, to and we have to take a two-minute warning break at the end. I mean, how stupid is that? You know, in the NFL, most of the games are close. And so a two-minute warning also helps build drama, like it's a necessary timeout? I don't like it in the NFL, though. I, I, I mean, I've come to accept it. I've never liked it in the NFL because it sometimes breaks momentum of a team. Now, I agree with that. I also, I mean, it, it's kind of like stoppages in the last minute of a college basketball game mm-hmm. where y- you no longer have to preserve timeouts because you're going to get six free ones anyway. Because they're going to go to the monitor every time the whistle blows. That's true. I mean, you don't like like there is there is use all your timeouts. Go into the last three minutes with zero. They're going to give you five timeouts because every time the ball goes out of bounds, you get at least a minute to go and talk to your team. It's similar here. We're just adding another extra timeout for coaches where you don't have to be as strategic with your with your stoppages. We don't have to do that. We already have re, uh, booth review timeouts that are extra. Now we have this other one. It just uh, it, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Uh, are, are are you the listener bothered by that? You you've heard what you've heard how we feel about that. How do you feel about that? Mr. Ann Offender says, "Show the listeners how dumb this 2-minute warning is by applying it to out of bounds." <laughs> I don't know how we would do that. What would what would the equivalence be? Quack would not hit it on time, people. <laughs> <laughs> what would we like? We would have to do it at like seven minutes to go in the show, and it would have to be like a sixty-second break for it to have the same type of effect, right? I mean, that that yeah. that's what it would have to be. God, it just it 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 bothers me that they think we're suckers, that they think we're just going to go along with this, or that we think we're going to argue this poorly. Because we're going to compare it to last year when all you have to do is look at what the games used to be and take the changes that they made last year and this year, look at what they said both times, and figure out that they're full of it. The the other two uh, changes that are being proposed, I like. And I, I saw both of those work at the... What was the bowl that Clemson was in versus Kentucky? Uh, I keep calling it the Kentucky Bowl. It was the December 29th bowl. It uh, was that Gator Bowl. Gator, tax Slayer. Yeah, Gator, Gator, Gator bowl, bowl. Sure. I don't, That's honest, sad. honest to God, I, I don't even remember. I wasn't there. Where where'd yeah. you where'd yeah. you fly to? 
I drove to, uh, yeah, I guess that was a Gator Bowl. Was it Jacksonville? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> the Kentucky Bowl. We're going to go with that. I saw the other two work there, uh, or at least saw one of those work there, and got a little tutorial on it, so we'll discuss after the break. Stay with us. Final segment of the program is up next. Call the plumber whose name is his number one. Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. I need a good plumber fast. I always call one Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number one. Tom Plumber. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Hey friends, Don Munson here for Buff City Soap in the Hartwell Village Shopping Center in Clemson and the shops at Green Ridge in Greenville. Yes, Buff City Soap has delightfully scented plant-based soaps that are handmade daily, but they also have laundry soap, foaming hand soaps, shaving soaps, facial bar, beard care products, and all of the accessories to make your skin happy. Shop for yourself, shop for friends, family, or co-workers. Buff City has a soap for everyone and any occasion. Be sure to like on Facebook for updates and specials at Buff City Soap Greenville and Buff City Soap Clemson. The Bojangles back at Bojangles, a crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. When you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store, you're helping to change lives. The Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of store's proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those in need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit the DreamCenterPC.org for more information today. Do, 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 do. Hey, what you gonna do when you gotta pee? You're gonna call Royal Flush at 238-8800. We've got your porta-potties. We've got your event trailers, too. Call Royal Flush at 864-238-8800 or visit them online at royalflushtoiletrental.com. We'll even pump your septic tank for you. Call Royal Flush because we're the king and queen of clean. So what have you got to do, 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 do? Call Royal Flush. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Sports talk for people who love sports. Come on. There's no need to complicate things. It can't be forced. It should just come about effortlessly. We are the Roar, where every day is game day.
Last segment of the show. Last segment of the week for us. Because, uh, yes, it's 145 and not 245 because Quok has to get to Columbia for a rain delay, and that's important <laughs> that he be there for that rain delay. <laughs> that will be commencing <laughs> about the time he pulls in the parking lot. Uh, at some point, you will have baseball this weekend, though doubtful it will be today. Uh, you also have Clemson men's basketball tomorrow night at 745 on the CW. So tune in there. Um, women's basketball Sunday too. Tony Shufo, Jim Davis down in Tallahassee because I'm going to miss the flight. In Florida. That's right. That's right. Um, by the way, a lot going on. we in our final segment, we, we do want to get to the football uh, rules. I'll tell you what, since since we're getting off at two, I'm going to give you a trivia question. We've got four tickets. Oh, yes. To Clemson baseball. Let's do it at the end of the show. Okay. That way we can do it off the air, but we make sure that we, because I do want to talk to football, the football part. <laughs> Texture says, show goes to three, loser. <laughs> I tell you what. Oh, I love that. You can pretend. Go and play our three of the show yesterday and just pretend. At the RoarFM.com or the Roar Mobile app. Yeah, now, uh, Walt will be on at 3 o'clock, so it will not be national the rest of the day, I promise you. Uh, Walt will be on 3 till 6.30 today, or 7, depending depending on when that old rain delay kicks in. Ah, uh, yes. But I'm excited that, to, uh, let me yeah. just put it this way, I'm excited to talk to Eric Backage in the pouring rain at about 4.45. I can't wait, I'm man. very I'm very excited to do that. Yeah, so th- the other two... Uh, the other two rule changes real quick is one, they are going to allow the, uh, like the, the tablets that you see the NFL using, uh, that is going to be allowed in college football. Now, now I saw this at the, we've determined that was the Gator bowl. We, we think that was the Gator, it was bowl. The Gator bowl. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I didn't actually determine it. I just feel real confident. Let me, <laughs> let me do it. You say it Let confidently enough, people believe you. Let me double check. I want to make sure. Um, okay. So Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. These, right. Yeah. The, these tablets are really cool. They had them there. Our staff did not really see them until they actually walked in the booth. But the the two gentlemen that run the booth for Clemson, I talked to them before. We're, we're both up there killing time till the game starts. So I walked over. And they gave me a little quick tutorial. Quack, it they are amazing what these tablets do. And I, for instance, uh, coach coaches can pick any t any TV angle they want in real time. Uh, they can do the all twenty two. They can do a sideline. You know, you name it. They can pick the angle. They can uh, they can pull up third down plays. They can pull up special teams plays all just a click of a button and i mean it's it's really remarkable how quickly that system organizes plays um i think it's great for the for the college level and again the nfl already has this because you are still a developmental league and to give coaches a tool to where they can show a player in real time, what they did right, what they did wrong, also to help dissect offenses and defenses. You know, 
if you think about it, the the college level needs this more than the NFL does. Those guys are those guys are pros. They're supposed to know the material. You're at the collegiate level. You can understand why a 19 year old is struggling between man coverage and zone. You know the disguise in a in a defense. So, to me, it just it it gives the coaches one more tool, but it also plays in line with the developmental part of the collegiate game. That's right. I I think they you can you can do it in high school. Like high schools have flat screens. Some high school programs have legitimate flat screens under a tent that you that you can go watch film on uh, on the sidelines. If you can do it in high school and you can do it in the NFL, you should be able to do it in college. Period. I think that's a hundred percent correct. I, I co-sign everything you said there. Um, I, I just I, I there are some things about college football that I I've wondered why it has lagged behind in that particular area. And you know what? I don't. I don't understand. I mean, you were talking about the developmental part of college football. We should develop people's ability to use it. We should. We should develop people's ability to use this technology on the fly to be able to do stuff. I think it would better equip players for the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, the other is the use of in-helmet communication between coach and one player on the field on offense and defense. Um and that communication is turned off with 15 seconds left on the play clock or when the ball is snapped, whichever comes first. Um, so, Which I thought was kind of interesting. So as long as you snap it quicker than 15 seconds to go, that headset is still turned on. That's right. So in theory, coaches can help you read, what, read that defense or read that offense, right? Oh, you know what that means, Ben? slower offenses you know what that means fewer plays but give us a two-minute warning well it in some cases it could mean for an offense that you want to you want to speed up so that you have that help in your ear also true that's a good point yeah uh but regardless that's not why they're doing it quack i've wanted this for a long time and here's why again it's it's in the nfl where you have pros and an unlimited amount of time throughout the week. And yet they have the in-ear communication. College, you are limited, uh, so severely handcuffed by the amount of time you can spend with your players and your team, and you have to spend part of your time with signals and play calling and all that stuff that you really need to be using that time with your quarterback to develop your quarterback. You're think about that. You're you only have X amount of hours each week for classroom time, football class time. You're having to spend that on signals in some cases. Now, signals from the sidelines is not going to go completely away because, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how Clemson does this. I would imagine to the fan in the stand, it's not going to look much different because Clemson signals into their offensive line. They signal into their backs. They signal into their wide receivers and their quarterback. Uh, if you're a huddling team, you love this because there's no need for there's no need for signs anymore. That's right. But if you're if you're like a, like a Clemson, and I would say, is it fifty fifty in college football now? Pro- probably so. I mean, I. I'm interested to see what it does to on-field communication 
because a lot of times you're all you've already got sort of a point man that's looking back for the adjustment and is given the adjustment. The one person who's got the headset on on defense still has to signal or yell to everybody what the call is. Right. So theoretically, you could still steal that. You still have to do some work on that. Um, I actually had a I had a uh, a former player bring that up. Um, a few weeks ago when they were when we were talking about this, and so. You know, like I said, I'm guessing, and I haven't asked anybody this because I didn't know for sure if it's going to pass. I'm going to assume Clemson still signals in to all the other position groups the way that they do now, probably. And you're going to talk to the quarterback, and, and I think you can, unless I unless I've missed something. You can tell the quarterback anything you want to tell them in their ear during that, as long as that radio's on. So you could see situations where there's real time coaching going on. Could you not? Yes. Where, you know, you're the very first thing you do is make the call. Okay. You know, if you're, you're signaling in to Cade Klubnik, here's what we're doing. And then you've got 10 seconds to tell them anything else you want to do, you know? If that safety's down in the box, right. we're doing this. Right. Exactly. Yep. So you can you can give your quarterback a lot more real time instruction, I would think, than you can just simply signs on the side. Also, you think about somebody like Brent Venables who likes to make defensively makes those last second calls. Man, he's you know he's going to be talking to that middle linebacker to the very last second. Is and, he, and as will other court coordinators. Is he going to ever finish his sentence before that thing cuts off? No chance. He's <laughs> he's going to be talking to be like, oh, he can't hear me anymore. <laughs> I think I think he will need a get back coach, and also will need another coach to go retrieve the radio every time he throws it. <laughs> he will he will need to be able to do that. Yes, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, I I am okay with both. I actually like both of these changes. I'm interested to see how they implement. And like I say, I'm not opposed to the two minute thing. I just, I just want, I, I want more football. I'm tired of being lied to about what, what you're, what these powers that be are doing to football. Yeah, Texas said, uh, if your headset guy in the booth, can you talk during live play? No, uh, the rule is, the the headsets are turned off with 15 seconds left on the play clock or when the ball is snapped. So that remember we're talking about offense and and a defensive player. So you know if if you're on offense and you snap the ball quickly, it's going to be on right up until the until you snap it. Right. Um. A couple. Did you see the couple texters who were bringing up laptops? Yeah, Dave Dorn's already wanting it, demanding answers. Furious. Furious. I listen. I I love this. Texture from the eight six four says, "I hate all these changes. Leave my college football alone. Go back to three years ago. Don't add all these teams to the playoffs. It needs to be an eight maximum. Stop all these rule changes. Leave it alone." I would argue. He says eight maximum. That would be a change. I just want to argue that. Like that. That would be a change there. But I do. Th I, I mean, I think these are pretty radical changes. And one thing that people don't want. And I. I, 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 you can see this coming from a mile away. I, I understand the hesitancy here, and I, I'm sort of about it. Like I, I like I, I support people who feel this way. There, there are people who say this is now 
in every respect becoming the NFL. There were clear distinctions that once were formed for a long time between college football and the NFL. And I think I would be okay if college football was like the NFL sometimes, but like college football other times. I think there is a fear that college football is going to just become the NFL. Like, one of the things I like about college basketball is that there are more seconds on the on the shot clock. There are different dimensions for three-pointers. There are different rules regarding fouls. There's different stuff going on in college basketball that's different from the NBA. In other words, you don't have to like the way the, get, the, way the NBA game flows and the way it's played to like college basketball. I think increasingly, if you don't like the way pro football operates, if you don't like the way a pro football game mechanically works and functionally works and technically works and the way that the game flows, you're not going to be, you're not going to like college football. Do you have that concern, Ben? I know a lot of our listeners are saying, don't make it, we, we hear it all the time, don't make it college football, don't make it, or don't make it pro football, don't make it pro football, without really saying exactly what that means, but I think it just means don't make it all pro football. I think there is enough difference between the two that the the administration of the game to me is not important. It's not an important distinction between the two. Um, I mean, for instance, there's things about the NFL that I, NFL rules that I like better than college. There's college rules I like better than NFL. Like, I, I like that one foot down is a catch yes. in college. I don't like that about the NFL. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of one that goes the other way. But the, but the administration of the game to me is not it's not as important to me as it is to is to some i one that really does bother me is that they're stopping or or not stopping the clock now on first downs i I don't like that about the nfl and you're you're making college more like that but the fact that the fact that there's more similarities now really doesn't bother me okay i um I just I, I hear that a lot and I don't I don't really know what that means exactly but I I do see the point like I, I can see the the sort of um, the sort of nexus for it all right we got to give away some tickets here's my question two years ago last time Clemson and South Carolina played in Columbia on a Friday night the Tigers won by a score of three to two this is important because uh, it was a nip and tuck game. I want to know which Tiger scored the winning run, 3-2. to two. And I'll give you a hint. The answer is hilarious. Which Tiger beat South Carolina with his run scored in the top of the ninth, 3-2? to two. You call, you get four tickets for Sunday. 654-ROAR is the number, 654-7627. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks for uh, hanging on to an abbreviated show. God bless. Walt's up at 3. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.
lessons and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools including odds comparisons from sportsbooks across the country, prop bet search engine, and custom parlay calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vsin.com today. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in to the Lombardi line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi, who's getting a little bit of time away right now. Stormy Bonantoni with you, but always appreciative. You're willing to step in on these Fridays, which is the first of many Stormy and Mike Palm Fridays to come. Steph had an idea for a segment for us, by the way, that I don't know what it would entail, so we kind of have to work around the name. But the palm before the storm has a really nice ring to it. Now you have to make it make sense. Exactly. Now, right? That's, that, that, that is our task now, is <laughs> figuring out what the hell that segment would actually be. Later we'll have, does palm have a qualm? Yes. Right? <laughs> We're, we, we love wordplay around here. Uh, that'll be fun, though. So we'll get into some, some long shot bets that we'll see. If it is something that you might have a qualm with, with or these if you want to fire on it. I came qualm? up with a couple. I like the NFL, NFL, NHL futures ones. Those were those were pretty good. We've got a few in there that that I think are good that will get yeah. your your yeah. brain thinking a little bit down the stretch. Um, we'll get into plenty of NFL obviously this hour as well. Lots of combine talk, quarterback news coming out that does not revolve around the first three picks in the draft. <laughs> but we'll have ESPN's Field Yates join us. Um, he's been doing a great job with NFL Live out there in Indy this week, and he and Mel Kiper are very much so into all of the mock drafts and potential trades and all of that. So I think that'll be a good conversation coming up. I met him at Radio Row this year, Field Yates. He's, he's, he's 18 years old. He looks so he young. He doesn't age. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, very, very nice yeah. guy, though, mm-hmm. and obviously super knowledgeable in the space. Let's get into uh, some of the news items, though, that have come out because we've heard from GMs, coaches, mm-hmm. now players all at the podium out there in Indy. And NFL Network's James Palmer had an interesting take this week about what the Falcons are going to do at quarterback. And there's been a ton of talk because we heard the quotes from Raheem Morris about um, they want to fit for the city in addition to the team. And that got a lot of people thinking about Justin Fields, who has already been connected to this team because it's his home, yada, yada, yada. Well, Palmer thinks a dark horse for the Falcons could actually be Baker Mayfield. What do you think? I hadn't thought of that, honestly, when I read that. I, I, I hadn't connected it. And this is another... The coaching angles mm-hmm. that they re- you reunite with something you know, stick to the devil you know, and something that's familiar um, with with Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson uh, along that same angle with the, the Commanders and Cliff Kingsbury and, and Caleb Williams. It's an interesting thought. I mean, they they need quite an upgraded quarterback, right? They've built they've built this offense to have all these weapons, right? I mean, you. you so many top ten picks, and you wonder how they're utilizing them or not utilizing them. And a lot of that that had to do with the quarterback and, and Ritter's inability to do that. Baker's interesting. I think he benefited um, 
in Tampa Bay from playing in a pretty conservative system uh, to having some good talent around him in a defense that could keep games keep games under control. Um, and he performed well last year. Um, what do you think his arc is going to be? Is his arc going to be what we saw last year in Tampa Bay? Uh, or is arc going to be more like the majority of his, his NFL career? Um, I would still lean against this. If you put a yes-no price on Baker to Atlanta, I'd probably lay a pretty yeah. decent 4-5-1 to one, that that's not going to happen. And I don't know how this goes in with the city narrative of Atlanta. And Baker Mayfield, I don't know. They got to come up with some of that soccer mojo where they got. I mean, that, that, have you ever seen the Atlanta United games? They're they're not even that good of a team, and they they sell that place out, and they're so excited. And then the Falcons yeah. games, they don't have that kind of energy. Uh, it's the same thing in Charlotte. Charlotte FC. Oh yeah, like is a huge deal. They've got tons of fans in the stands like and soccer in the southeast, and it's it's so hugely yeah. popular. And, and it's supposed to be football. That's the religion. Meanwhile, you we also we saw all those pictures at the end of the year for the Panthers, well, and it was just abysmal. You well. could get tickets for forty five cents. That's why uh, David Tepper is now raising ticket prices out there. Great, good for you. Anyways, but no, I'm with you. I think Baker stays with the Bucks, and that's what a lot of the conversation has been. He's been very open about wanting to stay there. It feels like they like what they got out of him and if and it's just what you said if he's able to build on that and or maintain it versus reverting back to the player that we've seen a lot of fields by the way minus 425 right now at DraftKings to go to Atlanta ultimately do you think that's where he ends up I keep saying what system best fits him and I think having a strong running game and a good tight end does benefit him the problem the read with- option game I feel like would be so fun with him and Bijan the problem with him is he takes so long to read the field, right? He's so long in his progressions um, that it's tough for him to be a, a great drop-back passer. So you've got to keep him moving and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be. I, I, I'm going to go off because the, the next topics might be Pickett here in Pittsburgh, though. And I asked this to Michael when we were, we were on the program. I keep thinking that Russell Wilson could, could land in Pittsburgh. I, I think that would be a spot for him. Um, He's a favorite, too, right now. Because of Arthur Smith. Because of what Arthur Smith wants out of his quarterback. And he wants a quarterback that's going to be under center. There's very few that do that. Russell Wilson is still an under center quarterback. A quarterback that that is good at the ball fake, which he's always been throughout his career and uses that play action. I know Michael said he thinks it just might be he's deteriorated to the point where he's he's not sustainable, but he will have a job. I just, I think this Steelers and Wilson makes a lot of sense. And at 225... Um, it would be a bet I would make if I if I had access to it. Minus two twenty five to go to Pittsburgh, plus five fifty to come here to play with the Raiders in Vegas, six to one to stay with the Broncos. Which how how is that even in the six top to three? One. That's missing two zeros. That, yeah, exactly. Not one That's, zero. That ain't gonna happen. No. But <laughs> just throw that out there. Steelers general manager Omar Khan he deflected some questions about yep. a possible trade, whether it be for Fields or free agent target um, with Russell Wilson when he inevitably gets released, because that's what's going to happen, despite what the odds are telling us with the Broncos. 